It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Who they think they're going to beat them Bengals? It is the Locked On Bengals podcast with your hosts, Joe Goodberry and Jake Lisko. Find us on Twitter at Joe Goodberry and at Jake underscore NFL. Please like, subscribe, and share as we try to grow this community and pump out daily Bengals content just for you. What up, Bengals fans, and welcome to another episode of the Lockdown Bengals podcast. It's Free Agent Friday, which means we are going to take a look at the free agency simulator over on fanspeak.com. We could make it a triple alliteration, Joe. Free Agent Fanspeak, Fanspeak Free Agent Friday. You're right. I gave Tristan. I, didn't, I don't know that phrase. What did you call it? Fanspeak Free Agent Friday. No, what would you call that? when you Alliteration. Have Oh, okay. Yeah, I didn't pass English, if you couldn't tell. It's just when the first letter of each word is the same, so fa fa fa. Anyway, we're going to do a Free Agent Friday. We've also got Carson Palmer talked to Justin Mello on the draft wire for USA Today. Talked about the Bengals' selection of uh, likely Joe Burrow versus Mm -hmm. Chase Young. Talks about those guys a little bit. Talks about why it doesn't make sense to bench quarterbacks in year one of their rookie deal anymore, as it did for him back when he was a rookie. So get some insight from Carson Palmer there, even though I know half of you hate him. Then there's a lot of smoke today about Andy Dalton going to New England. And I think it's just smoke. I think there's no fire behind any of that. I think it's all speculative. But we'll talk about it. We'll see what makes sense there. And finally, there was somebody over at the Saints fan blog that did a fan post on SB Nation about the... The Saints trading two drafts worth of picks to the Bengals for the first overall pick. And I don't think it makes any sense, but we'll talk about it a little bit because it got a lot of traction on Twitter today. In an interview with USA Today's Draft Wire, Justin Mello talked to Carson Palmer and he asked him, the Cincinnati Bengals made you the number one pick in the 2003 NFL Draft. And that was the last time they used a first round pick on a quarterback. That's unlikely to remain the case in the 2020 Draft. What's your take on the situation the Bengals find themselves in, and what are your thoughts on LSU quarterback Joe Burrow? Palmer responded by saying that he thinks that Burrow and Chase Young are both going to have excellent careers, and it's a tough decision to make. But at the end of the day, he said, the quarterback position is just so important, and Cincinnati desperately needs a quarterback. I see Joe Burrow going number one overall there. With Chase Young in the year he had, he looks like an absolute game record at the NFL level, but the quarterback position is just so important, and there's so few great quarterbacks. Carson thinks Burrow is going to be a great NFL quarterback. Talks about his athleticism, his leadership, being tough in the pocket. Dealing with the SEC, he says if you can run on SEC teams, you can probably run in the NFL. 
I think the interesting part there is how he described the Bengals' need at quarterback. Because I think from the outside, or maybe other NFL players have talked about, maybe they don't need. Uh, we talked to George Iloka on this podcast, and George Iloka said, do the Bengals actually need a quarterback? We like Andy Dalton. Andy Dalton is at least serviceable. You can win with him with the right pieces. And I think there's still very small amount of fans that believe that, but Carson Palmer doesn't. He says they desperately need a quarterback, and picking number one tends to lean that direction anyway. I kind of wonder if Carson knows that Andy is under contract in 2020, judging from these comments, because if not, and I think Carson Palmer and Andy Dalton don't have a bad relationship. They probably don't know each other all that well, but that comes to me as a swing at Andy Dalton. And I don't think that's necessarily Carson Palmer's intent here. I think he's just saying they need a quarterback of the future. They have a chance to pick number one and pick a quarterback of the future here. It makes sense to do so. I think it's nice that Carson thinks that Burrow's going to be an excellent quarterback, too. He talks about the athleticism. He calls him an underrated athlete, which by the time we get to the draft will not be the case anymore. He's clearly able to perform with his legs, like Carson points out, against some of the fastest athletes in college football on on SEC defenses. He also talked about the fact that sitting to start your career the way he did behind John Kitna when he came into the league doesn't make as much sense anymore. And he says that that's because of the function of the salary cap and the rookie wage scale. He says, when I was coming out, Philip Rivers did the same thing. That was before the rookie wage scale. We signed six-year deals back then. Now there's four-year contracts. They don't have the luxury of sitting and waiting, missing out on 25% of their rookie contracts for just the year. They need the ability to see four years to make a decision about the long-term deal that they're going to give a quarterback and these days, you're talking about $30 million a year. And I think Carson makes a lot of sense here. Yeah, that's a great point. Something I haven't considered. I think you look at two quarterbacks right now just experiencing their fifth year after both teams pick up those options, Marcus Mariota in Tennessee and Tampa Bay's Jameis Winston. You see Mariota lost his job to Ryan Tannehill, and Jameis Winston comes off a 30-for-30 year where he leads the league in passing yards but throws 30 interceptions with 30 touchdowns, and the Bucks still don't know. We're talking about five years in, and these teams are like, eh, do I extend Jameis Winston for a few more years? So I think there's a good point there. You don't know. If you only get four years for a quarterback – I think that's a tough evaluation. Maybe we'll see that with the CBA change. Maybe that's why Tua Tungvaloa decided to enter enter this draft if the CBA or the rookie wage scale somehow changes in 2021 and beyond. I don't think anybody knows which way that's going to go, but I think there will definitely be some changes around the rookie wage scale. The inefficiency for rookie quarterback deals is so glaring at this point. I feel like it has to be addressed, absolutely will be addressed. We'll just have to see the way they go about changing that in the next CBA. And that just highlights again the importance of drafting a quarterback this year. If the Bengals wait a year, maybe they get that, I would call it a 5% chance if they punt quarterback to next year of drafting Trevor Lawrence. But even if they do, who knows what the CBA is going to look like at that point and what they're giving up by passing on a quarterback this year. So there's your summary of that USA Today piece. You can go check it out on the draft wire. Carson Palmer talks Joe Burrow to the Bengals, Kyler Murray, and more if you're looking for the headline. But we've got to tell you again about our fantastic three-time returning sponsor, Abco Safety. You can check out their full inventory of safety products, visibility gear, 
steel toe boots, you name it, they've got it. Abcosafety.com. Joe, what are you looking at today? I clicked on categories, went down to workwear just to see what kind of supplies they have in terms of uh, uniforms and protection. They have jeans and shirts and fire retardant clothes, overall stuff for the winter, stuff for the warm weather, uh, just everything that you could use for whatever job you're looking for. Go over to abcosafety.com, like I mentioned, to check out the inventory. Keep in mind, if you're a corporate client in particular, that those are retail prices and they well establish corporate pricing. If you give them a call, give them a shot at quoting your safety equipment just to see how much money they can save you, how good of a deal you'll get. You can give them a call at 513-672-1818 and mention Locked On Bengals so they know you came from us. That's 513-672-1818. Want to go see your Cincinnati Reds this spring during spring training? Well, Arizona is a great place to go. Not only see baseball, but to see everything else. And if you go down there and go down for the Cactus League, they've got 10 stadiums, 15 MLB teams, 75 degree temperatures. All 10 stadiums are in the greater Phoenix area within 50 miles. Yeah, you can go down and see your Reds in Goodyear Park down there. Or maybe we've talked about it before. You're into the craft beer. They've got Four Peaks, Angels Trumpet Ale House, Goldwater Brewing Company, all known for great beer. Or maybe you're into hiking. Maybe you want to get out in the desert for the numerous national parks down there. Go up to the Grand Canyon. And if you do the canyon, make sure you bring enough water because it's the way back. Unlike most hikes, that's challenging. It's easy going down, hard coming up. Kind of the opposite of the Bengals. We had a hard time with this bad year and we're going to come up next year. So go on down to Arizona. Take yourself a little spring break. Plan your getaway at visitarizona.com slash spring training. It feels like we're deep in the offseason already as we're kicking up rumors and speculation. And maybe it's just discussion topics. But today on the Internet, the world of the Internet, we were talking about Andy Dalton and possibly going to the New England Patriots. This was Peter King, Ben Volan, Bart Scott. They all commented and chimed in on it as if it could work or make sense. I think on the surface it does make sense, but Jake, I think this has a lot more discussion to it in terms of is it just them wanting a veteran quarterback because they think they can win? Is it that they think Andy Dalton would be a a good replacement? I think there's a lot of different layers here. I think that there are reasons to believe Andy Dalton could be a good successor to Tom Brady and have the institutional knowledge, quote-unquote, that exists in New England because it's not like Tom Brady is a – spectacularly skilled physical quarterback he's just a great mental processor Mm. and everyone talks about how good Andy Dalton is at mental processing especially before the snap we've complained about his mental processing post snap and the ability to get tricked that happens to everybody at some points in the NFL but when Tom Brady was at his best didn't happen to him very often and Tom Brady's accuracy I think also sets him apart from Andy Dalton especially from what we've seen from Dalton lately But Bart Scott's reasoning was that Andy Dalton has experience in the AFC. He's a veteran in the AFC, and he's a free agent. He's only in his early 30s. Bill Belichick's been coaching a 40-year-old quarterback for three years now. Ben Volan would love to see Andy Dalton with the the Pats. And Ben Volan, he's a writer for the Boston Globe. And then Peter King says he thinks Belichick would really like to work with Andy Dalton because, in this part, isn't a very strong quote from Peter King, because Andy Dalton is a football player. Mm, a football player, right? Did you know and these he don't seem. Football? I did. These don't seem very uh, 
conclusive or very deep on the uh, of just are they picking out of the free agent possibilities? I think like a Teddy Bridgewater makes more sense for the Patriots where that's a skilled player, not like, you know, in the same mold, on the same spectrum. We've used the spectrum before, right? Andy Dalton and Tom Brady are on the same spectrum. They may be on opposite sides, but point being is I think Teddy Bridgewater is on that. So you don't have to change the offense too much. You can still rely on the intelligence and accuracy of your quarterback. And I think they could continue to see. The thing is, the hard part is Brady was so bad this year. Right. And when you look at it, you say, well, there's a lot of quarterbacks that could upgrade. Now, I would say there's a part of me that wants to say, well, Andy Dalton could be better than what Brady was this year. But Andy Dalton wasn't good this year. So it's kind of hard for me to see that as a complete upgrade right away. If Brady's done, if it's the end of his career, I think there's still some speculation on that part. But in terms of compensation, though, I don't know if you've thought of this. Most people are saying third. We took a question on this last week's mailbag, and I think I said third rounder, but we're talking now end of the third. Would that be fair? Would you take that? Is that something, or you think just cut him, and if he signs with the Pats, that makes sense for them? Either way, you're likely getting a third round pick because of the nature of quarterback contracts, but a third round pick this Not year. Not if you for... cut him. Oh, right. You're right. I would try to trade him. Absolutely would try to trade him. They've worked out deals with the Patriots before. That's something that. Paul Daner points out they've got a history there with their aging stars or not that Dalton's necessarily a star, but they're aging important players, Corey Dillon, Chad Johnson. Core players. Core players. There you go. And if it's a third round pick this year for the Patriots, that's not as late as most years. That's an early 20s pick. 22. Yeah, I think it is in that range. So I'm with you there. Uh, The other one was from the Canal Street Chronicle. I believe it was a fan post. A lot of people talking about would you take, and I think this makes sense on a, a couple levels, right? The Saints have to make decisions at quarterback, not only the aforementioned Teddy Bridgewater, but Drew Brees, both free agents. We looked at that roster uh, one of these previous episodes when we did the, the free agency preview. They have to make a decision at quarterback with those two, and maybe it's a draft scenario. Plus, the other factor is the last time the Bengals picked really high and they got offered a buttload of picks was from the New Orleans Saints. So mm-hmm. let's have a little fun with this and you know, kind of replay it again. And this fan post put out there that, let's say, pretty much the entire draft from this year and next year from the New Orleans Saints offered to the Cincinnati Bengals, would they take it? It was kind of the angle was, would would it even be worthy for them to make that trade? And then us as Bengals fans were on the other side saying, is that something we'd even be interested in? Yeah, so the offer that he finished on, the total package that he's he's put together in the end, he kind of got to a point where he's like, okay, this year, next year. Ah, but that's... Probably not enough. So maybe they, because they're they're not coming from the middle of first. They're they're toward mm-hmm. the bottom of the first. So then he says, okay, every pick in twenty twenty. That's a first, third, fourth, fifth, sixth. They don't have a second round pick this year, just like the ninety seven Saints didn't have a first round pick. Then twenty twenty one first, second, third, and then twenty twenty two first. So at this point, you're three first round picks, mm-hmm. a second round pick, two third round picks fourth, fifth, and two sixth-round picks, actually. So at what point do you kind of say, you know what, all right, that's enough. Next year, with all this draft capital, I can go get whatever quarterback I want, and now I've just added an extra two drafts worth of draft picks. That's if you end up with the number one or two pick. Let's say Fields and Lawrence. Best-case scenario, both are available in next year's draft, right? I'm saying they could use these extra picks to move up. Well, then you don't have those. Well, but you have some of them. You're not using all of them. What, a third and a fifth? 
It's going to go get Lawrence. How much is that going to cost you? More than your compensation now that you're receiving. Depends where they end up, right? So I imagine that if they don't acquire a new quarterback this year and they run Dalton or Finley, they're going to top 10 at least, right? They're not coming up from the 20s. They're coming up from the top 10 spot. Right. And where are the the Saints? Let's say they're 12 because they got a rookie quarterback, but still a good team in Sean Payton, right? So you have the pick, let's say, 7 and 12, you're going to need even more than that. Like oh, yeah, the Dolphins sure. right now, look look at the Dolphins. They're a great comparable. They have three first-round picks this year. Would we take those three and drop down to five? I would not. So this this requires the Bengals to do something. This required, This is never going to happen, right? Let's just put that out right. there to start. This is not something the Bengals would ever do, but this would require them to start behaving like Miami did this year, where they're yeah. going to start stockpiling extra draft capital in addition to this, so this is just fully punting on the 2020 season, which is something mm-hmm. they're they're never going to do. Not on that their second year. You have to get rid of. You have to trade Green. You have to trade yeah. Dunlap. You have to trade exactly. Atkins because they're not part of that next core. Exactly, and and you probably have to trade somebody young too because somebody's going to get fed up. So like, kiss goodbye, re-signing Darquez Denard. You can take the fifth year option on William Jackson. They've already got it, but he's not going to come back. If, if they fully punt on a year. So that, that means you're totally rebuilding and starting over the way the Dolphins are. Right. And you're doing it a year later. And you're doing it in Zach Taylor's second year. That, these are reasons that it will never happen. But this mm-hmm. is what it, they would have to do if they did something like this. And I just, I mean, I can't see any NFL team punting on a whole year, a full year in advance like that. Right. And another part to this is I, when you see these other teams start to mock up uh, how much compensation it would require to move up, uh, whether it's a Dolphins fan or writer trying to you know entice you on on an option for a trade back, they can't just beat you on the the uh, trade table, the the trade value chart. It, it has to be more than that. They just can't match if, if a three thousand for a three thousand. It can't be more. Than, you almost have to double it, in my opinion, for me to get off of Joe Burrow because the opportunity cost. I'd love to see a trade value chart based on which position you plan on drafting because then you would add value to position so if you're going to take an offensive tackle yeah the the you can actually give me a little bit less right if or a tight end you can give me a little bit less because i'm cool moving down and i'm not missing the opportunity cost but a quarterback that's worth double than what you got to offer me because i can't easily replace that pick or that value of that pick despite more picks more picks doesn't fix the issue it has it's that one premium finite resource if i'm making sense here um and the other part is that half of those picks you may receive back on a good day will be good players so you're kind of you know you're getting lesser value right off the jump it needs to be double the value of the first pick and that's where you start to talk about if it's three drafts worth of picks at what point do you say no right if you get offered five first round picks say the dolphins will throw three of them at you this year and your next two next two years, I'd have to think, right? At, at what point do you take it, right? Five first That's round picks is a lot of first round picks. Yeah, you're right. And I will start doing the math because I was looking at the trade value chart, and that's when I was like, it would have we'd have to get into the range of five first round picks, and then I'd be like, okay, I'll figure it out from there. Or may, or what if it's three first round picks this year and like three second round picks? I want the picks for next year if I'm moving out, right? So I want next year's first. You can keep one of the one of this okay. year's first because I want to be able to try and attack as much as possible to go up and get my guy. So say it's it's 
first round, say it's five and 23 or whatever, 22, whatever Miami right. has. And then next year's first, second, and then another second the year after. How about two first this year and a second and next year's first and second? Even then, I'm still now I'm like pulling back because I don't feel as good. It has to be five first round picks. There you go. Five first round picks to move Joe off his quarterback at number one. We're going to get into this free agency simulator, though. We took a full segment there to talk about some rumors, and it was a kind of fun exercise. I don't think that much will move the Bengals off that number one pick. It's just hard to fathom what it could take. I, I just, I can't. And there are some there's some parallels there to Achilles Smith, right? Yeah. And that's yeah. where it starts to get like, oh, okay, maybe. And this is all under the premise that Joe Burr is their guy if he's not then we're give me two first round picks i'll go back to five and draft Tua. but he's our guy right he's he's your guy right this is from our perspective you gotta give me five first round picks but from the bengals perspective and we had heard that they were interested in justin herbert a few weeks ago we don't know how that's changed yet i mean even jeff hobson is writing about joe burrow at this point so i'm assuming they're starting to catch up to everybody else there the, this next month is the catch-up season right. for the for the coaches. So this is when you'll start to be like, okay, they're in on it. All right, let's get to this free agency simulator here in just a second. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Free agent simulation from fanspeak.com. Make sure you go over there and click on the ultimate GM button. You can do this also. Our first options here are to try and save some money. We got veterans on the table. We got how much their cap hits are. You can't choose to trade. So we're just going to cut Andy Dalton and save that $17.7 million, Jake. But I don't know if I see anyone else other than Cordy Glenn. They don't have Preston Brown taken off yet, so make sure you do that. Uh, so it's really Cordy Glenn and Andy Dalton. I'm not sure I see another guy that I'm like, yeah, I'm, you know, if we were strapped for cash, I'd be making decisions on Bobby Hart and a few other guys probably, but we're not strapped for cash. We should have plenty to work with. They're carrying over $16 million from last year. We're reserving $5 million for the draft pick, so that comes right off the top. So with that, before cutting anybody, the cap space right now is nearly fifty. million. Yeah, so we take Andy Dalton here, goes up to $75.6 million. Cordy Glenn, Paul Daner Jr. is very convinced he's gone. I don't Mm -hmm. see any reason to argue with him there. Take him off the books. We're up to $85 million. So some other ones to talk about here. Preston Brown, too. Sorry, forgot to do this one. There's your $89 million. Some other ones to talk about, though. What about Drake Kirkpatrick? There's an $8.45 million cap savings against a $2.8 million dead cap hit. And that's probably the only other one really worth getting into here, unless you want to talk about Alex Erickson, but there's no reason to make that move at this point. Yeah, the thing with Kirkpatrick is we got to sign Denard first and then try and extend William Jackson. If those two things happen, then 
you know, we can retroactively come back and decide what to do after June 1st with Kirkpatrick. But as we sit right now with $89 million in cap space, we don't have to cut him and create a hole unnecessarily. Yeah, so these are some pretty obvious moves to clear space that everyone is expecting. Preston Brown's already gone. He's still in their simulator. So if any of you go through this exercise, you just have to remove him straight off the bat. But then they can free up $27 million. In that range, yes. That's fair enough. From Dalton and Glenn. So we'll go ahead on to the next step. So looking around the league here, just a description of what's going on with some other teams. Uh, Russell Okung was cut by the LA Chargers. Mitchell Schwartz was restructured. I guess we don't really care about the restructures. Dante mm-hmm. Moncrief was cut. And I Richard, don't see Sherman. Anything. Richard yeah. Sherman oh. cut by the 49ers sure. there. That's funny because this week there was a lot of talk about his contract because he negotiated it himself. There you go. So on to the next step in the ultimate GM process, we have the option to try to re-sign transition tag or franchise tag Bengals free agents. And let's just start with the big one, AJ Green. Let's just tag him, right? We can't at the very least, plus I want to add some realism. I think at the very least they're going to get they're going to tag him. I think the ball is in the Bengals court here. They kind of need AJ Green to prove he's healthy. I think he could do that during the during the spring and summer months and work out a contract before that deadline passes. If And I see that's the best and most amicable situation. So as soon as I hit the franchise tag on AJ Green, the cap space remaining goes down to seven, 70, sorry, $70 million. Some other players to look at on this list. There's Tyler Eifert to talk about again. There's Andrew Billings and Darquez Denard for the big unrestricted free agents. And I think we want to make offers on all these guys, right? I do. I, I'd say let's bring as many of them as we can back. We don't have the opportunity to or worth the luxury to let Eifert just walk and create another hole, right? And then I feel the same way with Billings. Although Tupau played well, he'll get a restricted tender, probably $1.8 million or so, and maybe $2 million even by that point. Uh, I still would like to keep Billings at 24 years old with the progression he's seen pretty linear going, you know, progressing in the right way through his four years here. And then Dark Quesnard is probably target number one. Let's start with him. Oh, we've also got to do Nick Vigil, but let's start with Darquez Denard. So, Joe, what are we offering Denard here? Well, we gave him $9 million a year at four years. We're talking $36 million, and he took it. So I think that's fair in terms of him being a number two slash number three type career corner nickel guy. That's paid fairly well. I think maybe it could get up to $40 million for four years, $10 million. I think that would also be within the range we'd consider. But he accepted 36 on four years. Our next biggest deal then was Nick Vigil. And we're sure. looking at $6 million a year for Vigil here for three years, $6 million guaranteed. So essentially, probably first two years, first two years have guaranteed money he's obviously going to see the first year of the deal a little bit of the money in the second year guaranteed gives them an out if they need it but vigil came on at the end of the year and for six million dollars a year this isn't going to hamstring the bengals too hard he's a better player than preston brown was he's younger no reason to think this one will be as bad of a deal as the preston brown extension Similar contract also. So I, I think that's a fair basis for somebody. And maybe he gets more and, and you know, someone else values him more. But I think this is fair for us. Uh, the next one that's high on our list here is uh, Andrew Billings. So we gave him four years at 
$4.5 million a year, which is pretty good for a nose tackle that hasn't, you know, he hasn't been spectacular. He's just been good, and we like his progression. We'd like to hold on to him and ensure that we see his prime years, which he's just now starting to scratch the surface. So that's $18 million total on a four-year deal. I think that's very easy to swallow, especially in another year or two. That'll look like nothing. Yeah, and then the last two guys, we brought back Eifert, $13 million spread over two years, $6.5 million a year. And Clayton mm-hmm. Fedulum took $2 million a year for four years. So he'll be a special teamer for the next four years of backup safety. Probably doesn't see the life of the deal, but right now he's a four safety back there with Brandon Wilson. And he's acquitted himself well when he's played. Now, realistically, I think that Andrew Billings might get more money. I think that Nick Vigil might get more money. I think Darquez Denard, I don't know if the Bengals are going to want to offer that much money. I, I think that looking at last year, they didn't want to, but then he came out and played well, and he's, by all reports, healthy right now. So sure, that might push his price tag up a little bit. And then Eifert, I could totally see moving on. Yeah, and I think these deals are fair in terms of where I would value them right now. But you get out in the open market and other teams start getting interested, and that's how free agency you know, sinks its teeth into you and these deals get out of control. So just looking quickly at what the rest of the league has done here in the free agency period, before we go into unrestricted free agency, Dak Prescott back to the Cowboys on nearly 30 mil a year for six years. Amari Cooper gets 15.5 million. Jadavion Clowney back to the Seahawks for $15 million. I could see some of these deals for mm-hmm. Cooper and for Clowney being bigger. Brandon Scherf back to the Redskins for $13 million for five years. And do I, I see, see Jack a, Conklin? Yeah, there he is, $11 million. I see a couple. Graham, Graham Glasgow back to the Lions. Andrew Whitworth back to the Rams. So let's see who is actually available in free agency in this simulation. And we want to look at the offensive line. Let's look at tackles. Mm-hmm. It's not looking very deep, is it, Joe? Well, I would be interested in Daryl Williams. I was last year, but he was coming off an injury. He only got a one-year deal to return to the Panthers. Uh, he's had previous really good years. I don't know how he's played this year, but that would be somebody that I would look at and say, okay, he's still young enough. Uh, he's a big, raw, mauling right tackle type. I would be interested in him. And at guard, uh, Joe Tooney, who we talked about on the podcast, is available. Yeah, so let's definitely make an offer for Joe Tooney. I'm not sure if I'm with you on Daryl Williams anymore. He wasn't very good for the Panthers this year, from what I recall. But let's make Joe Tooney an offer. That he can't refuse. First one, Joe Tooney, we're going to give him a deal. We're offering him $11 million a year for four years, guaranteeing 50% of it. You have to do this in free agency. That's $22 million guaranteed for him. And we're going to go to Corey Littleton at linebacker also. Give him $13 million a year for five years, guaranteeing 45% of it. That would be a lot. That would probably be the most guaranteed money on the Bengals roster on any contract. But we're going to swing for the fences with both positions of need, major positions of need, left guard, linebacker, especially cover, speed linebacker. And we're going to see if they accept. And maybe, you know, other teams will get in there and and poach these guys and we'll have to reset the table. But I like this aggressive attitude with the new quarterback and new beginnings. Very big offers for the Bengals in free agency. But keep in mind, we're working with about $50 million in cap space here because I think we did pretty well on bringing back our own guys at reasonable deals. And we're just going to go ahead and simulate the day here. And we'll maybe come back and target some of the lower level free agents in the future days of this free agency simulator. 
And lo and behold, we got our first two guys, Joe. Joe Tooney at guard. Corey Littleton joins a folded linebacker. And so far, this is going really well. We still have a lot of money to play with here. What else do we want to look at? Probably backup quarterback. I could see maybe getting another depth offensive lineman. Maybe we want to check and see if we can find an interior pass rusher. From there, I feel pretty good about most of these positions. And maybe we can upgrade a kicker or something along those lines. Okay, so wave two of free agency, we gave out offers to um, a depth defensive lineman, Vinny Curry, recently with the Eagles, Nick Kwiatkowski for a depth, maybe even the third linebacker, depending on how things shake out. Uh, he accepted our offer. Vinny Curry declined. And then the other one was looking for a backup quarterback. And there were some decent options there. You can go high end with like a Marcus Mariota, or we came back to the middle of the pack, which we considered maybe an A.J. McCarron. But then Ty- Tyrod Taylor was right next to him. And we said, okay, let's try for Tyrod, who has better ex- starting experience than uh, McCarron. And he accepted our offer for two years. So we end up with a linebacker and a backup quarterback. And Vinny Curry turns down our offer. And maybe we just look at a kicker here and call it a day for this first free agent Friday of the offseason, shall we? Yeah, if there's an upgrade of, you know, an obvious upgrade at kicker. So the four options presented to us are Mason Crosby, Chandler Catanzaro, Catanzaro Dan Bailey, and Cairo Santos. And nope. maybe in previous years, some of those right. would be more attractive names but not this time. So that's going to wrap up our free agency period. We've retained Dark Westernard, Andrew Billings, Nick Vigil, Tyler Eifert, Clayton Fedulum. We've added Joe Tooney, Corey Littleton to come in and be starters. Nick Kwiatkowski to be a role player. Maybe he gets into a starting role. And Tyrod Taylor to back up. So we did all that, signed a bunch of premium players, retained a bunch of players. We still have a lot of cap space. We can even roll over some in Bengals fashion. Basically, they have the money to do this. Now, the simulator is a little bit easy, but we're not going to jump right into the mock draft. You can do that on FanSpeak and you know have an idea of where your needs are after free agency. We're going to save that for mock draft Monday, and when we do that draft, that'll make it a little bit different. We'll do it under the premise that we've gotten a backup quarterback, a backup linebacker, and a starting linebacker and a starting guard. Good ones, too. Yeah, so this would be a pipe dream kind of free agency for the Bengals that it's pretty unlikely to happen, but this is the kind of stuff that we've talked about when we're asking them to approach this offseason differently and attack aggressively to build for the future. So look forward to that on the next Mock Draft Monday. We'll take a peek around the internet, too, to see what sort of creative things people are saying about Joe Burrow to the Bengals and their Mock Drafts that will inevitably come out. We'll talk a little bit about the Wild Card Weekend, what ha- or not, not the Wild Card Weekend, the Divisional Weekend, talk about what happens in the playoffs. And if you missed anything this week, we did a team of the decade. We did superlatives for the year not too long ago. We've done a mock draft Monday. Plenty of content for you to go check out on the Lockdown Bengals podcast. And if you have any ideas or questions, always feel free to send those to the Twitter handle at Lockdown Bengals or to Joe and I at Joe Goodberry at Jake underscore NFL. Until Monday, Bengals fans, enjoy the playoffs this weekend and have a good one. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. 
They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL Draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team, every day.